0: minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the pack a day podcast. What is up Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of Pack-A-Day Podcast. This is the 230th edition of Pack-A-Day Podcast. I of course am your host Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley. I am unfortunately not joined by my co-host Ross Uglum as he is actually covering North Dakota State basketball in the Summit League Championship tonight. So Unfortunately, I'll be flying solo tonight, but a lot of interesting stuff has gone down today in the NFL, so I'm really excited about this episode. Now, some people like to call this part of the NFL season speculation season, and that's exactly what we're going to get into tonight. Is I want to speculate on a few different topics that have actually happened um, in the NFL and some whispers that I'm hearing about what the Packers might be doing in the free agent market. But before we get to that, let's go over some housekeeping type items. Now, the Packers were pretty idle today in free agency. And now I'm recording this. It is Monday evening at 8 o'clock. So hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, not too much has happened. Or hopefully it has. Who knows? Um, But as of right now, 8 p.m. Central Time. In the division, the Packers have not done anything besides cut Antonio Morrison as the only move they have made free agency wise. They've did they've done some housekeeping items such as, you know, ext- like picking up Jake Coomero's option and and those types of things. They're exclusive rights free agents. They have got some of those guys on the books. But within the division now, Detroit had quite the day. Um, just going over briefly what they did. Danny Amendola signed him one one year, four point five million. Justin Co- Coleman, the cornerback, four years, thirty six million. They picked up the tight end uh, Jesse James from Pittsburgh. Uh, contract stuff's not available for him yet. And then their big splash today, really one of the big splashes in the NFL, was Trey Flowers, the the edge player that they got from New England. Now he got a five year deal. That's rumored to be between 16 and 17 million a year. Very big deal. Um, We'll see how that plays out for them. Trey Flowers is a really nice player for New England. There are some whispers that you know Bill Belichick's getting the best out of these guys, and is Matt Patricia going to be able to do that in Detroit? It will definitely be an interesting storyline to follow this year. Chicago did a couple things. They signed Mike Davis just recently, the running back from Seattle. And then they also signed the cornerback Buster Skrine, Screen from the Jets, I believe. Uh, three years, $16.5 million. So nothing too major there on, the, on Chicago's front. Minnesota just, you know, they kind of re-signed a couple guys like the Packers did. Um, but other than that, that's really all the happenings that's gone on in the NFC North. Now some big signings that have just recently happened that the Packers may have been interested in. Landon Collins got a absolutely ludicrous deal from Washington. And if you saw that deal, I mean it's you know five year, eighty four million, he's gonna be getting fourteen and a half million a year. That is such a large amount of money for a safety like Landon Collins. And Landon Collins is a nice player, don't get me wrong. But I would have been sick to my stomach to see those contract details if that's what the Packers decided to do. So, Brian Guttenkust, nice job. Way to sit that one out. Uh, we'll let Dan Snyder have to deal with that in a couple of years. He might be available again because I don't think he's going to play up to that contract. Um, another big one that just happened was Tyron Matthew to the Kansas City Chiefs. And he got a, another really nice deal. Uh, about $14 million a year which we're starting to see the the safety market, which the Packers are going to be in on, has become quite increased this year. It's not going to be the, you know, you get good players for $8.5 million a year. Uh, it looks like the, the bar has been raised a little bit on the safety market. Now, there's a lot of safety still available, and a couple we're going to get to in a second here. And we'll also talk about how Tyron Matthews signing with the Kansas City Chiefs may affect the Packers. Um, But two guys that have been rumored to be around Green Bay and two guys that I think a lot of people are interested in bringing into Green Bay are one, Earl Thomas, who's still on the market. Now, the r- most recent rumor we're hearing about him is, you know, he wants to be a Dallas Cowboy, but the Cowboys just do not have the capital to pay him to be a Dallas Cowboy. They want him to come in for 8 to $9 million a year. That's just not going to happen. He's the best safety on the market right now and Landon Collins and Tyron Matthew just went for 14 million a year. So, the rumor is Earl Thomas wants a 2-year, $30 million contract, which obviously, for those of us that are good at math, that's 15 million a year. And if I'm the Green Bay Packers, I think that's a bargain. If you look at the way Mike Petton's defense was run last year, they ran they ran basically a cover 1 single high safety 68% of the time last last season. And what earl thomas can bring to a team is he's right now the best cover one safety in the league he's probably the best one in the league for the last several years so bringing him in on a 15 million dollar a year contract to me would would absolutely be worth it i would have given him that contract today I, I would have had him in green bay i would have had him signed so we'll see what what happens what transpires with that hopefully you know something happens with him in the next couple of days and i'm sure it will hopefully it's the green bay packers on the other end of that phone telling him to fly in and, and sign the contract. We shall see. He could be a potentially, you know, defense. I mean, he could completely change the defensive culture in Green Bay, and I, I'm here for it. That would be such a blast to have Earl Thomas in Green Bay, pair him with the young guys like Kevin King and Jair Alexander. I think you would have the the makings of a very formidable defense. But the other guy that's that's really interesting is actually the, it's not D Ford, it's the other edge rusher from Kansas City. Justin Houston was released yesterday. Now, the timing of that was a little bit weird because uh, you want to talk about speculation season. Why would Kansas City release one of their edge players and kind of saturate the market for the edges when there's teams out there that they're trying to trade D Ford to? Now, Justin Houston is 30 years old. He hasn't really been healthy the last couple of years, but when he is healthy, he's a dang good player. And he is someone that obviously has connections with the Green Bay Packers because Mike Smith, the the new pass rushing coach, is in Green Bay now. And Mike Smith is probably one of the driving forces to try to get D. Ford in Green Bay. So you would have to assume that Mike Smith is in the ear of Brian Guttenkosk. He's in the ear of Mike Pettin talking about getting one or both of these guys in Green Bay. And what a what a turnaround! What a crazy turnaround that would be to get the two edge rushers from literally the worst defense in football last year. But the one thing they did do well was get after the quarterback. So if they could bring some, some type of that to Green Bay, that would be a, certainly a welcome addition. I don't know what Justin Houston um, is is asking for. Uh, he's coming off a pretty big contract. I don't know if he's been humbled by getting released or not. Sometimes those guys, you know, want a, kind of a one year prove it deal. But Justin Houston, like I said, he's also 30 years old. He might be looking for some, you know, some more stability, a two or three year deal. And I don't know if the Packers are willing to give them that him that type of deal with his injury history. So that's an interesting one to keep an eye on for for sure. But another guy that obviously has been in the news for Green Bay is D Ford. And some news kind of came out about him today. Obviously, the Packers and the 49ers are the two teams that are really interested in D Ford. So. A couple of reasons why they may have backed off today, and if you don't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, there, Albert Breer had a story today basically talking about how Green Bay and San Francisco are backing off, and they kind of want to see how the free agent market settles, how the dust settles, who becomes available, things like that, before they kind of want to circle back to the d Ford trade talk. And we'll talk about that in just a second. I think that's a really smart move on both of their parts, and there's a few reasons why. Um, but I think there is a couple reasons as well why talks could have stalled between Green Bay, San Francisco, and Kansas City. One, the most obvious one is, I think I just honestly think that whatever Kansas City's asking for, they don't want to give it up. Uh, the, the talk is that Kansas City wants a second round pick, and with D Ford, with, if you get the twenty eighteen version of D Ford, absolutely you pull the trigger on that. But D Ford is not a super clean free agent prospect he's got a lot of baggage. So I, I I can see why the teams may be hesitant to give up such draft draft capital like that and then turn around and have to pay the guy. Um, so I could absolutely see why they're, they're backing off on this and they're kind of getting into a staring contest with the Kansas City Chiefs um, because the Chiefs are saying, hey, we want to keep him. We'll just keep him, play him on the tag. And so I think both these other teams are kind of saying, well, all right, go for it. And if you still feel that way in a few days, let us know. If not... We're still here and we can still talk. Um, there, another thing that could have gotten in the way is just contract hangups. The way it, the way it sounded the other day, or just yesterday, is it, it honestly sounded like they had compensation figured out and the only holdup was D. Ford on agreeing to what he wanted uh, to sign. Because obviously, either of those teams, if they trade, if they go ahead and trade, you know, draft capital for this guy, they're going to want him to be there long term. They're not just going to. It's not just going to be. We'll we'll play him on the tag and then and then lose him. They're, you're trading for this guy because you want him to be a part of your immediate plans and plans for the future as well. So I really think you know Brian Gudikunsk and, and the guys in in San Francisco are really just kind of just kind of trying to call bluffs here. And it's speculation season. It's lying season right now. So you never really know what's going on and you never really know what's going to happen until a guy signs on the dotted line. Now. Why I think this might have been a really brilliant move on the Packers part to kind of sit back and, and let things unfold is the Chiefs obviously just signed Tyron Matthews, the the honey badger, and they gave him a pretty large contract. As of right now, if they're giving him 14 million a year, they're they're about seven million under the cap as it stands right now. Now, they can get under that cap. To the two, and they can, they can create more room, and they will need to create more room because they have two impending free agents that are gonna get paid, and I'm talking about wide receiver Tyree Kill and defensive lineman Chris Jones. Those are two guys that you would assume the Chiefs would want to pay before they get to the open market next year. Now Tyree Kill has, has probably earned it. You know, he's a guy that's coming here and completely, you know, he's been a model citizen since obviously he had his troubles in college. But beyond that, he's been their best offensive weapon outside of Patrick Mahomes, obviously. And he he's a guy that's probably earned a nice little pay bump in his in, in his pay. And and so are they going to give him that as the season progresses? I think they would want to give it to him early. But as of now, we're talking Tyree Kill is going to be I mean, Stanley Watkins got 16 million last year. They're not going to give him less than that. We're talking him probably being the highest paid receiver in the in the National Football League, probably pushing upwards of $20 million a year. So how are they going to be able to afford that? Right now, they don't have the cap. Also, Chris Jones is probably the one, one of the most dominant interior defensive linemen in the NFL. He's going to command huge money as well. Do they want to pay him before the end of the season? I certainly would. He's a guy that that's probably earned a long-term contract as well. Good business in the NFL is paying your homegrown talent when they deserve it. Okay, so if a guy has come in, bought into your system, you want to reward him. That sends the right message to the rest of your team. You want to do that. So would the Chiefs be willing to wait it out the whole year not extend those guys? Let them hit the open market because 2020 they have plenty of cap. So once that rolls over, they could they could pay them then. But they wouldn't want to do that. So two ways the Kansas City Chiefs could and should make cap space. One is they can cut Eric Berry. That almost seems like a foregone conclusion just because they brought in Matthews. Uh, but the other way they can do that is by moving D Ford. And why I'm saying I think this is a, a smart move by the Packers to wait it out. Is because now you're in a staring contest with the Chiefs, and guess what? They need to create cap space now. They kind of had a little bit of wiggle room before, but now they just they kind of they kind of took up that space with the signing of their new safety. So now they might be more willing to move on from D Ford, and they may be more willing to not panic, but maybe panic and say, "Hey, we were not expecting to have this on our books. We." We're bluffing. We don't want him on the team next year. We absolutely want to move him because we want that cap space. So let's go ahead and lower our asking costs for D Ford. And Peter King came out and said this morning that he thinks the asking price right now, as of this as of yesterday morning, was a late second to an early third. Guess what? The Packers have an early third. Would that be enough to get D Ford? Now, I was pretty vocal with my opinion about D. Ford and how right away, I just... He scares me, one, because of his injury history. I mean, this is a guy that's had two back surgeries in the last five years. He's 28 years old, and he really only has had one dominant season. Albeit, that dominant season was about... He was probably the best edge rusher in the NFL last year. If you're getting that D. Ford for a third or even a second round pick... That's a steal, but if they could now get him for a third, that would just that would be an incredible move by Brian Gutenkiss this off uh, this off season. So he's someone that I think would be really he's he's obviously someone that's going to be tied to Green Bay, um, and we'll see if they can can make the deal on that. It'll just be it'll be interesting to see how this all unfolds with the Chiefs and if they're willing to blink in this staring contest. You would have to assume that Green Bay probably wants him a little bit more than San Francisco. At least I would assume that just because I think Mike Smith wants him bad. And he and he knows and, and so that's the caveat of this too. If anyone knows about D Ford's back, if anyone knows about his effort, all that stuff, it's going to be Mike Smith and he's going to be comfortable with it. So Obviously, I would I would err with the side of just agreeing with Mike Smith on that. Not only because he knows, but Mike Smith is also a really well-respected and good coach. He was a huge get for the Packers this offseason. So, he'd be a great guy to listen to on that. But the, the craziest stat about D4 that once I saw this, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that you think, well, the Packers' window is closing. It absolutely is. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play forever. He's maybe got... Three, he's got three to five years left, hopefully, of elite quarterback play. That means you got to, you got to, D Ford's the top edge rusher available right now. You got to shoot your shot. You, he, obviously, I think our, our, our founder here, Andy Herman, actually tweeted the other day just talking about, you know, with free agents, they're available for a reason. And you are taking a risk, but you have to take those risks to try to hit home runs, right? And so if D Ford is available, I'd say go for it. Now, I still would be a little bit sick to my stomach if they gave up a second or if they, you know. I I warmed up to the idea of them swapping first, but even that I would be leery of. But if he could come in and be the 2018 version of D Ford, I mean, that's the guy that had 86 total pressures. And if you didn't know, that's more than Clay Matthews. That's more than Nick Perry. That's more than Kyler, Kyler Fackrell combined. Yeah, let that sink in. So, could D-Ford be a guy that can come in and be a difference maker? Absolutely. Could he come in and be a guy that blows up in their face, gets hurt, or reverts back to the D-Ford of his previous career? Yeah, that could happen too. But we can't sit here and say we want the Packers to take more shots and take more chances and then have them sit on their hands. So, with that said, you know, free agency technically hasn't even started. So we'll see how things go. Today was has been a crazy day with signings and things like that. Um and if you want to stay tuned on all that stuff, make sure you stick it right here at Pack A Day Podcast and you will get all those updates. I know we're going to be covering this stuff heavy as we move forward. If you get if you didn't hear, go back to yesterday's and listen to yesterday's Pack A Day podcast. Andy Herman actually had Packers quarterback Tim Boyle on the show. Super informative, super interesting uh, podcast uh, show. Probably one of my favorite shows I've listened to that we've done. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that one yet, do yourself a favor. Go back and listen to it. Um, Before I go, I just wanted to address, you know, Ross and I talked about the NFL Combine preview two weeks ago now the combine is over so I just want to give you two winners and two losers from the combine for me now for me on offense two winners um, one I'm going to give you a late round guy that's really interesting because he's his because of his connection to the Packers and that is BC Johnson or Bessie Johnson I don't know how to say his name he's from Colorado State this guy is probably one of the best route runners in college football, in this draft class. He is so much fun to watch him work when he gets into his routes. He was coached by now Packers wide receiver coach, Alvis Witted, So he's an interesting guy for me because watching his tape, I knew he was a good route runner. But guess what? He's got an elite relative athletic score as well. So that kind of surprised me. And that's exciting. Uh, another guy that won was obviously Brian Burns incredible combine uh he was a guy that needed to weigh in well he did he worked out really well if he was available at 12 I would run somersault backflip cartwheel that thing to the podium and get that thing in as quick as I could so those are two winners on offense for me two guys that lost <laughs> one Greg uh Greg Little I, the offensive tackle from Old Miss he looked sloppy he looked terrible Um, he's a guy that I thought was actually an athletic offensive tackler, but I think uh, offensive tackle, but I think he was lying. He somehow lied to us on film. He looked like a slob. The other guy was the most obvious one in Ja'Kai Polite. Oh my goodness. You want to talk about guys absolutely going in and bombing an interview? Hello, Ja'Kai Polite. So he's a guy that, you know, might be available later in the draft, but he's someone that I was not really ever high on in the first place. And so he's someone that for me, I I wouldn't want to touch him. Um, unless you can come out at the combine and or at his pro day and and work out way better than he has, no thank you. And if, and if he can change some of his answers, he that was not a good look for him. Um, I wish I wish Ross would have been on the show today because I know Ross kind of downplayed the because he was at the podium, he was actually there listening to 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 a Ja'Kai polite. Um, so it would have been interesting to get his perspective on it. But from the optics, from people like us that were not there, looking up from the outside, looking in. Not a good look for him. So, those are my two winners and two losers uh, of the NFL Combine. That's all I got for today, guys. A lot of stuff going on. Make sure you're following your timeline on Twitter, keeping up with everything. Um, tomorrow should be a busy day. Hopefully, we hear some Packers news. Hopefully, it's uh, Earl Thomas or Justin Houston or someone signing with the Packers and, and giving us a, a better player on our defensive side of the ball. But until next time, go no Packers. Shotgun formation of 3rd and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rogers looks it over gets the snap. Backpedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Go 30! Turns up field. 25! Cutting right to the 20! 15! 10! 5! Devontae to the south end zone for the touchdown! Rodgers... Looks it over, starts to his left, now he moves, starts to the right side, snap to A-Rod, looking downfield, being flushed, rolling left, winds up, rainbows it high and deep into the end zone, it's high point and it's caught! It is caught for a touchdown!